Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFAN's Baseball Insider's Yankees Spring Training Podcast for Wednesday, March 17th. A little different something today for you. Uh, rather than focusing on what is in camp and what's happening in camp, I wanted to call your attention to something that isn't in camp. To do that, I want to remember back to what the original name of the Yankee Spring Training Home was. Before it was called Steinbrenner Field, it was called Legends Field. And one of the earliest things you'd have in spring training, in fact, before the first spring training game at Legends Field and later Steinbrenner Field, the Yankees would introduce all of their guest instructors, all the legends, all the Yankee greats who came back to help out at spring training. And large ovations would be had over the years for Yogi Berra and Reggie Jackson and Willie Randolph and you know Bernie Williams in recent years and Andy Pettit, Ron Guidry, guys like that. Well, they're all absent this year. Uh, because of the uh, COVID-19 protocols and precautions, there are zero guest instructors in Yankees spring training, not even popping in for a day. There are guys that live in the Tampa area that aren't even coming by, guys like Tino Martinez or Nick Swisher. And uh, really, it's just the coaching staff, and the Yankees have very good coaching staff and capable hands. But there's also room for players and fans to really gain a lot by seeing all of these former great players come back and just be a part of spring training. It's a part of the fans' experience when they see these guys and reminisce as they're, you know, as the fans are on vacation from up north and they see players that they saw in their childhood and get a chance to see them up close, maybe have an interaction. Or the players in the clubhouse currently talking, just talking baseball with players that played the game years ago. And you see a lot of, a lot of joking around, a lot of serious conversations too, as the older players are passing on their knowledge of the game and and sharing secrets. And even though the game is a little bit different at times, there's still uh, a lot of commonality that, uh, that can be learned from the older players talking to the younger players. And all of that is missing right now, a casualty of the, uh, the pandemic. And uh, I got a chance to talk to three different managers about their experiences with this. Uh, Aaron Boone, Don Mattingly, and Joe Girardi. Uh, we start with Aaron Boone on what he thinks is missing with uh, the guest instructors not in spring training this year. That's been one of the bummers of, uh, of this camp. I certainly miss... Miss having a lot of the people that come through here, whether it's, you know, a willow or a stump and gator that's here the whole time or, or guys that even, you know, like a Tino or Alfonso that pop in for short spurts, you know, those are, you, you miss that. That's one of the cool things really about any spring training, but, you know, I think especially about Yankee spring training. The fans really love that. It, you know, has a sense of nostalgia to it. What do you and the players get out of having those guys there? Um, 
I, look, I, I think any th- time you can tap into people that have worlds of experience and, and the people we bring in, um, you know, ha- have everything from managers and coaches to all-star players to Hall of Fame players, um, you know, to have that connection to the past and have that connection to the different generations of this game. Um, you know, we're all trying to pass on the game better than we left it. And, uh, to have those people here to, you know, bounce things off of in in some cases, you know, so those are some guys that I talk to and get their thoughts on things with the current club and, and what's happening in the present, but also it's a lot of fun for me. I know, as somebody that that is very nostalgic and um, you know grew up in this game, you know to hear their stories and perspectives um, is something I miss. There's, you know, there, it seems to be that because everyone's a little more individualized with headphones and you know heads in their phones, that maybe there's less actual baseball conversations sometimes happening inside a clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, is that one of the things that maybe is amplified when those guys are around because there's time to sit in a spring training environment and have real baseball conversations. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, it's different. You know, I'd like to think that, um, you know, while it's, it looks different than it did 20 and 30 years ago with how guys communicate, um, still at its best, um, in today's game, I, I still think there's those high-level conversations, uh, camaraderie-building things that that do go on. It just looks a little bit different now. Boone made reference to Willie Randolph, Stump Merrill, Ron Guidry. Some of his players talked about it too. You know, Luke Voigt mentioned how Tino Martinez is one of the guys who helps him at first base, learning how to scoop and learning how to play the uh, position and some of the intricacies of playing first base better. Clint Frazier talked about how he just liked to joke around with Reggie Jackson. These are the kinds of things that aren't happening in spring training in 2021. So the Yankees players are missing out. So are players from uh, other teams too. You know, the Yankees have a laundry list of names that show up every year, but other teams and other organizations have the same thing. Don Mattingly worked for the Dodgers, and well, you know, Sandy Koufax was a regular at Dodgers spring training. Now he's with the Marlins. Their roster used to include Hall of Famers like Tony Perez and Andre Dawson. More recent years, they've had Juan Pierre come into camp uh, to work with uh, the outfielders and work with players on base running. Jorge Posada was there recently. As a special advisor to his friend Derek Jeter, he would show up at uh, spring training and pass on some of his advice as well. So I asked Don Mattingly earlier on Wednesday, uh, and listen up for a wonderful catfish hunter story he's going to tell. But I asked him, I asked Mattingly what his players get out of having the older players around. Never know exactly uh, what they get because most of those the best thing comes out of just little slight conversations and times that you get a little one-on-one or have a chance just to sit on the bench and talk, ask questions uh, when you get that moment uh, during spring. And I think in general, that is kind of like just the ongoing of your organization, the history of your organization. Uh, I know I felt that instantly in New York going to camp and 
Mickey Mantle's there and Whitey Ford's there and Phil Rizzuto, a catfish hunter. And then I know it, it kept progressing and uh, I think I had a year of being one of those guys. Uh, I don't put myself in that category, but one of those guys. And I always, I love those guys being around because you had conversations or, you know, for me, like Catfish and I would have a game every year before spring left. Before he left camp, we'd have like a five-inning game where we'd start the count at one-on-one, and he's actually just trying to get you out. And it was so good for me and so much fun. Do, you know, so many people talk about how much the game has changed, but is there value for today's players in having conversations like that with former stars? Sure. I, I think there's always value because it passes on the game. Um, and it will become, for us, a guy like Miggy Rowe, uh, who's, who's a, a leader in your clubhouse and on your team and your organization uh, that forms great relationships. And, you know, he's a perfect guy to talk to for a guy that, that continue to pass on the game and, and the way you prepare and how you do it. Because there's certain things in the game, even though the game kind of evolves all the time, there are certain factors of the game that never change right? Feelings guys have, uh, different things that they would do and little, little nuances of playing a position, uh, that, that don't get talked about. So there are certain things that just don't change. And I think that's where that is very valuable. All right. A couple of things there. One, um, Mattingly is referencing Marlon shortstop, Miguel Rojas, and two, not in the same category as those other guys. The thing I love about Don Mattingly is his humility. He is without a doubt on the same level as some of those Yankees greats and Hall of Famers, yet he refuses to put himself in that category. Just another reason to love Don Mattingly. Joe Girardi was the Yankees manager for 10 years, and, well, he uh, had regular visits with uh, all of these legends as they came through. And now as the manager of the Phillies, he had a chance last spring training to work with a lot of these guys. The Phillies have a pretty good list of players, too, that come by, and they include Mike Schmidt, Hall of Famer, Ryan Howard, former MVP, Jimmy Rollins, former MVP, all of them World Series champions as well, passing on their knowledge. Now, the Phillies did bring two special instructors. They actually spend a little bit more time around the team during the course of a season than just spring training. So, Lowry Boa and Charlie Manuel both came to spring training. But that's it. So the Phillies roster is cut down to two guest instructors, and I asked Joe Girardi what his team gets out of having them there. I think conversation about the game because, you know, when you get some of the the coaches, like we have Charlie and Larry Bower there, mm-hmm. and they talk about what it's like to play in the city and what it's like to win in the city, and, you know, obviously, you know, Charlie was a – fantastic hitting coordinator. Larry Boa, just a, a great infielder. They both managed in Philly. And they understand the town. And I think part of playing is understanding your town. You know, what the expectations are. But not only that, they just have great knowledge. You know, like, Larry has great knowledge of, of the infield. You know, I mean, it's a lot of years, right? A lot of years of playing professionally, but also coaching it. And they really work hard. I mean, Larry hits fungos every day and is talking to infielders, points things out to me, and I tell him, go, go, go tell him, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Charlie's always talking about the mindset of hitting, um, which I think is really important because 
it just seems like a lot of young players today focus so much on just hitting the ball that they don't focus on the mindset of hitting the ball Mm -hmm. or how a lineup works together. And um, because players today, you know, are, are kind of, you know, especially when they're younger and they're, they're told exactly what to do all the time, you know, right. They, They don't get a chance to learn the game as much. I don't think today as they used to. Um, so I think those guys sharing the knowledge of that helps speed that process up because you have to have instincts to play this game. If you're always having to react, it's usually too late. And the idea of having those conversations, like I, I think, I mean, you listen, everybody has a lot of coaches that they really like and good coaches that are there every day during the season, but is there something to the idea that just hearing a different voice give you the same information or just a slightly different perspective on that information that makes a difference for a player? Definitely. Like, you know, sometimes I could say something to a player and one of my coaches can say something to a player and then somebody else says something to play and we're all saying the same thing, but for whatever reason, he heard it the third time. Yeah. Right. It, it registered. So I think the more different backgrounds and voices that you have, I use them as a tool, right? Like, okay, this is what, you know, so I'm trying to say, or as a hitting coach, you might say, this is what I'm trying to say. He's not hearing it from me. And they use it as a tool. And I think when you have, you know, guys that have been in the game for 50 years, there, there's a ton of wisdom. And they have, they have not only taught a lot of people, they have also learned from a lot of people, you know? Um, So they're able to share that information because of all their experiences. And they may say, you know, this guy had this swing and I'm trying to change his swing path. And Charlie might say, you know, I did this in 1977. We did this drill, right? And it it might work, right? Because I don't think any of us ever care where the information comes from or who gets the credit. We just want what's best for the players. I think one of the cool things, too, is just the interactions that people get. I talked to Don Mattingly this morning, and he told me a great story about how he would hit against Catfish Hunter back in spring training a long time ago. And, you know, he was walking into a clubhouse where occasionally Mickey Mantle would drop in and Whitey Ford would drop in. You have worked and played for some organizations that have a long history. You're with one right now. The Phillies have a lot of great players. The Yankees obviously had a lot of great ones. The Cubs had a lot of great players that used to come by. Do you have some favorite stories of spring training where those types of guys would come around and whether it's fun or having impact on what you're doing? Yeah, I, I, I mean, Yogi. I mean, th- there was <laughs> nothing more priceless than riding with Yogi to an away spring training game. First of all, there were four naps along the way. <laughs> right? We went to Kissimmee one day. And when we got there, he told me that I took the long way. <laughs> right? He said, I want you to ask their clubby, right, before we leave, what's the best way to go back to Tim? So... I come in after the game. He said, did you ask him? It was Steve Perry, you know, the, the visiting clubhouse guy in Houston. And I said, yeah, Yogi. He, he said, he told me 
the same way that we came. And Yogi responded to me, I told you my way was quicker. <laughs> I remember Red Shandy's telling me the story of his tryout and how he walked to Bush Stadium, basically, or whatever it was called back then, like five miles from his farm. Wow. And basically slept outside at night so he could go to the spring training tryout. And they, you know, back then, there were four or 500 people in camp. You know, way, way back then, there was the teams were huge. Maybe not quite that many, but yeah. I mean, there was just team after team after team. And I'm thinking, three, four hundred people in camp. How would you ever run a camp? Yeah. Uh, his stories, his stories were great. I mean, Billy Williams, you know, always joking around and talking about, you know, because he was sweet swinging Billy Williams, right? Mm-hmm. And he'd talk about how, you know, when he played, he used to hit the ball off the the wall, you have to hook slide in the second because it got there so fast off the bricks. <laughs> I mean, just it's the stories that they tell that are priceless. And in a time where there's a lot of pressure for players, too, you know, kids trying to make the team and that, sometimes that little bit of laughter loosens kids up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. I know it's good for us. Like, Every day I sit down and, and listen to the stories that Charlie and Bo are telling. Every day. Yeah. Because it's, it's just a great part of my day. And then you don't lose the history of the game. I mean, Charlie was talking about Walter Alston today. That, that's who he was talking about. Wow. I mean, this is pretty cool, right? Yeah. So um, I just think it's important because I think it's important that we never forget and that we always learn from. And we tie the generations together. I really can't put it any better than Joe Girardi did there at the end. And that's the great thing here. I mentioned earlier that it's a connection for fans and players and everybody around the game. Uh, There are a lot of things missing and slowly things are coming back. Fans are coming back into the game in in small amounts. And the play on the field is going to feel a little bit normal. But it won't truly feel normal to any of us until we get all of our rest of our lives back together, right? And part of it, especially in baseball, especially in spring training, is seeing the older players who, even though those uniforms might not fit quite the same way they used to, you see the number on the back or their name on the back and you catch a glimpse of them in that hat, you know exactly who it is. And it brings back a lot of memories for you and it brings a lot of knowledge to the players. Hopefully, we'll be back to a place in 2022 where all these guys can come back because they were and are sorely missed in spring training 2021. I want to remind you that you can subscribe to WFAN's Baseball Insiders. You'll get Ed Coleman's Mets reports and my Yankees reports delivered to you daily on all your podcast platforms, radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get them. Opening day is less than two weeks away. Continuing coverage of the Yankees and Mets in spring training everywhere on WFAN.com and the radio.com app. Thanks for listening. I'm Sweeney Murdy. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.